Hello and welcome to Becoming the Influential Me, the podcast. I'm Michelle Chikander and today I want to talk about something that is incredibly important for all of us and that is boundaries. So one of the things that's happened because of COVID is that our lives have merged into one. There was a time when we used to go to the gym, there was a time when we used to go to the supermarket, there was a time when we used to go into the office and a time when we used to go and meet up with friends, right? We'd go to a bar, go to a restaurant. There was a time when we could even step out away from our desks and go and have lunch at Pret or something like that. Um, and that allowed us to create boundaries because when you were at the gym, you were not at work or at home. Or when you were, likewise with the supermarket, or when you were at work, you were not at home. So the demands of the home were not present at work. And when you were at home, there was a certain respect for the time that, you know, you, you, that, that meant that, you know, managers weren't necessarily reaching out to you at that time. But as we all know, right now, everything for those of us that are in the UK is happening at home. We're shopping, doing our supermarket shopping at home. We are gymming, if you're still gymming, <laughs> at home. We are working at home. We are, you know, still navigating family life at home. And one of the things that um, need, we need to acknowledge more is how hard this is how hard it is on us as individuals, how hard it is on us emotionally. Now, what I found um, people are doing is, A, um, praying that it all you know, miraculously ends, or B, creating conspiracy theories. And the thing with that is neither of those things are effective methods of getting us out of a, ne a negative emotional state and putting us into a positive one. So today I just want to talk about some things that we can all do to find our rhythm and find a re-inject life and I'm not just talking about surviving here because this is we might be doing this for a very long time so it's about finding a way to thrive and finding a way to create things something really really beautiful for you and you know where I'm going to start with this the key thing about boundaries is making time uh, finding time for the things that are important. And I think you can be bulldozed by the amount of the sheer amount of things you have to do in a day, but really it's about creating that time. Okay, so let's start. Let's start with um, the most important boundary. The most important boundary is as women, sometimes, for, um, this time I'm speaking to those of you that have families. Sometimes you find yourself needing to cook, needing to clean the house, needing to look after the children, needing to work and needing to juggle everything at the same time. It is usually all on you. Emotional labor and all of that, all of that fun stuff. And within that, there, there, there then isn't much energized time for yourself. What I mean by that is it's usually last thing in the day, you're like, what can I do for myself? And you're, you're shattered, you're really, really tired. Um, and, and then you just say, oh, you know what, I just want to sleep. And tomorrow it begins again. But the most important thing you can do for yourself is to carve out some time just for you. And it's not that time when you're supposed to be working and you cheat and you start Googling things. I'm not talking about that time. I'm talking about carving out genuine time, like saying 30 minutes, that is going to be time for me to have a cup of tea and journal, not at night. I mean, during the day. 
Why? Because we used to have time for our thoughts when you're walking into the office, when you're doing, you know, or, or when you were, you know, having a lunch break, you could take a stroll. But now that time is sort of just gone because now in your lunch break, you need to make sure people have eaten, maybe you're homeschooling as well. And, you know, and all of these different things. So finding that 30 minutes, 20 minutes even to just spend time with yourself, maybe it's first thing in the morning when you're, again, super energized to really spend time on you. Now, I can tell you what to fill that time with. If it was up to me, I'd be like, yeah, plan your goals. (laughs) Make sure you're connecting with people that can really help your career thrive. But that time is your time. If you just want to sit there and breathe in and out and do nothing, it's completely up to you. But the most important thing is in order for you to feel energized um, daily, you need that time. One of the, the, this comes from something that I learned from Dan Sullivan. Dan Sullivan talks about how our free time, our rest time, Everybody always treats it like it's a reward. You know, once I do all this hard work, then I can rest. But Dan says, actually, it's the rest time that allows you to do your greatest work. So once you've rested, then you can do great work. Not once I've done great work, then I can rest. Because that's just sort of shattered. But actually, if you look at it at refueling, energizing, rejuvenating yourself, just by carving out that time for you. My only advice in terms of you time is don't use it to take in information like news or something negative. Really use it to for something that will give you energy, even if it's watching something funny so you can laugh or, you know, whatever, something that gives you positive energy and leaves you feeling alive. Maybe dance, you know, um, and, and, you know, just really do something for you in that time. Okay, so the second thing I want to talk about is boundaries with colleagues. So everybody's feeling uncertain. Maybe you're working in an environment where people think that they may lose their jobs. This creates, uh, can create negative tension or it can create a feeling of uncertainty, which usually brings out the worst in us because people are under stress. Um, Or maybe you're just working in an environment where, you know, everybody's trying to collaborate. We're working from home. Everybody's doing their best. And sometimes people question, is this person working? Isn't this person working? Um, When can I get this person to do this? Or why haven't they gotten it back to me? I'm waiting for this person to do this. And in a past life, you could go over to somebody's desk and say, hey, so-and-so, have you got this for me? Because I really need to get this done. And you could smile and do it in a nice way. But email sometimes makes it difficult to convey um, a positive emotion so without putting smiley faces and all of that fun stuff so one of the things that I found works really well for me is the pre-agreement um, I think it's understanding that there, are, there is a time for all things there's a time for us as colleagues to have a laugh and to have fun and to talk and to do non-work kind of socialising almost, which is important. Um, And then there's a time where you have to create pre-agreements. And what is a pre-agreement? A pre-agreement is when you say to me, Michelle, I'm going to send you this document today. Are you able to get it? When are you able to get it back to me by? Is Tuesday okay? Excellent. That way, when you chase, you're just chasing based on what the other person agreed to. Um, Or the other pre-agreement that says, guys, I am super swamped. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be online, but I won't necessarily have the time to have chit chat today because I have so much to do. That way you're not annoyed when people are sending you messages Um, or, you know, get on the front foot with your manager. Just pre-agree. John, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this to you um, by two o'clock and then I will be out of work from two to three. Hopefully that's okay. And you're sure. 
And that way, when something urgent comes up at 2.30, he already knows that you're not going to be available between that hour. There was once a time when people respected lunch breaks, but now those boundaries are blurred. And it's almost like a counter or a timer on when somebody's going to respond, not taking into consideration everything else that somebody has to do. That said, when we are willing to create pre-agreements with our colleagues, there has to be a level of empathy. We have to understand that not everybody is mentally healthy at the moment and not everybody is going to play ball, as it were. And not everybody's going to understand <laughs> that your pre-agreement stands for whatever. And it's up to us to have some empathy. And as a result of that, when we communicate with others, just communicate it in a way of, you know, let's think biblically. How would I want somebody else to speak to me? How would I want somebody else to approach me? I've heard a lot of comments from some of the people that I, I, I work with where they say, oh, this person is so difficult or this person is such an idiot. But then when you look at things from their perspective, they're not so much of an idiot anymore. Or, say, or being difficult anymore. They just have a different set of priorities to you. So this is a time where, uh, this is a time, a moment in time that requires a, a higher level of empathy for others. And this goes across the board, at work, at home, you know, in every situation at the supermarket. We're all going through this together, but it's really important to understand that other people's emotions, A, aren't the same as yours, B, might be more difficult than yours. Well, see, it might be easier than yours, so they don't have the same level of urgency or baggage to carry around. Um, so just be mindful of that when you're working with other people. It's also worth noting that there is a prize. There's a prize coming for those of you that do really well at being empathetic. So leaders at the moment are talking about things like self-reinforcing teams. They're talking about how collaboration is king. They're talking about how, you know, teams that, are, that get behind the purpose and create their own purposes that align with their values and drive results. So if you prove that you're able to be empathetic, that you can drive results and that, you know, you're... you're your your sense of purpose is behind whatever the project is that al aligns you better for a promotion in the future so just think about that that your emotional management can lead to you getting promoted why because these are the skills of the future right productivity is great but emotional uh so the softer skills the softer skills are in vogue honey <laughs> okay so that's the colleagues bit Another thing that we have to be mindful is we have a responsibility. Everybody's going through this and everybody's finding it challenging. And we all have a responsibility to listen to one another. You don't know what somebody else is going through. And if you can give them the gift of listening and, 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 and you know, taking, being patient with them and really understanding them when people are speaking to you, you may potentially save somebody's life. You could help somebody get through that day that little bit easier. By taking a moment to say, hey, I'm just checking in. Are you okay? How are you doing? You know, uh, you know it's, it's, it's without somebody else requesting it. I think that just shows that, okay, there's somebody here who I can speak to. And at the moment, we can all do with somebody to speak to. Uh, not for too long, <laughs> but we can all do with somebody to speak to. So we have a responsibility to listen and look out for our colleagues as well to make sure everybody is, is, is healthy because it's a tough time and other people's circumstances are not necessarily going to be the same as yours. Okay. The other piece that I want to talk about, the third pillar, if you like. So we've done you, we've done your colleagues. Now let's talk about your family. Um, and I am going to come to you single people that, aren't, uh, that don't necessarily have children. We are going to address that shortly. But for now, let's talk about the family. 
One of the things that I've realized is sometimes when your family's always there, what you don't necessarily take into consideration is that being around people is not the same as being present with people. Now, kids are at home all the time now and they're annoying. <laughs> I know all about it. Um, and, you know, there's homeschooling, there's all of this. And, and, and you know, there's don't do this, don't touch that, make sure you're doing this. And it's about managing all of those things. And because we're with them now 24-7, it's kind of like we don't feel, sometimes don't feel the need to give them protected quality time uh, and you know and to really learn them and spend time with them and give them the gift of time that we used to give them when they went to school now I think this is highly valuable because it's healthy it's a healthy interaction for you to be able to say I'm creating a boundary for my family where we're just going to have fun we're going to interact with each other not not do each person doing their own thing or me trying to stop somebody or whatever but we're going to have a healthy interaction where we have fun together because them being all being around all the time is not necessarily the quality time that they need so it's just carving out that time and you being present as well I know how easy it is the other day we were watching a film with my family and I was I I, I was on my laptop thinking you know I'm going to do a little bit of work whilst we watch the film parallel processing <laughs> and the little one said you have to watch you know it was like it was so important for her to see um to see me working to see me watching because for her that's the bonding experience and I'm not saying people should bond over tv because don't do that but in our household we don't have a television so whenever we do watch tv which is about once a month um we put it up on a screen once a month it is a bonding a time for bonding so whatever you do just be fully present um, and be fully mindful of what they, their needs are again pulling out that empathy and being empathetic to their needs, where they are, how they're seeing things, feeding their minds with positive information about what is going on right now. There's a lot of fear in the air and uncertainty in the air and children almost, you know, take that into their bodies. And it's really important to put the right things in their minds, to, you know, empower them, to uplift them, to help them to create a future version, a future vision for themselves once all of this is over, but also during this time to, to ask them questions like, how could you take advantage of this moment? What, what, what can you learn whilst you're not going to school that you wouldn't be able to do when you were traveling into school? Things like that. Just worth thinking about. Okay. Um, the very next thing is I want to talk about, obviously, those of you that do not have families. Okay. So when you live by yourself or maybe you live with other people, it's very easy to use this as downtime. Use every minute you're not working to be watching something like Netflix or to be, you know, being lazy, sitting around, doing nothing. I don't know, waiting for um, this all to end so you can socialize again. But what we miss by taking that approach is we don't understand that there is an opportunity here and there are other people that are working while you're sleeping. There are other people that are, you know, getting ahead while you're watching Netflix. There are other people that are working on themselves and their careers whilst you're waiting for this to end. So it's really important that you have boundaries with your time. So maybe in the morning, exercise during the day you work, in the evening you do some personal development and then you watch Netflix. 
right? Um, but it's just about saying, okay, I'm not leaving the house to go to work, but waking up at five to nine must leave you feeling lethargic. You know, leave you feeling a little bit ill um, because you didn't do anything before and you didn't do anything after. So it's important to move first thing in the morning, have a healthy breakfast and, and begin to work on yourself um, such that when you're back in, in your career, you've taken some leaps using the time wisely. Time is the greatest gift, people. It is the one thing that everybody on this earth is given in equal measure. I mean, I know that some people die um, younger than others, but that's not the point. My point is we all have 24 hours in a day and some people are making billions and yet others are, you know, struggling. And I think the key difference is time and how we use it. That is my firm belief. So, just think about your time as money and how you invest it, how you invest every single penny counts. This goes for everybody as well. This is not just for people that don't have children. But I cannot stress this enough. Like I, It's about micromanaging your time. Micromanaging your time because if you don't micromanage your time, you do not make progress. What gets measured improves. What gets measured and reported improves exponentially. So I have a diary in a day where I write down everything that I need to do and I allocate time to it. Do I always stick to it? No, but the fact that I write it down and allocate time to it means that I probably get more done than I would if I didn't. Just putting it out there. Okay, now I want to talk about the emotional elements of boundaries um, and the emotional elements of what's going on right now. Uh, the first thing I wanna talk about is fear. So sometimes we are fearful of saying, when a partner says, you know, are you gonna make dinner? And you're like, you've been sitting at your desk all day doing nothing, but you're tired. And we fear saying, I can't make dinner, I'm just tired. Or, you know, or can we come up with a different plan because me cooking every night is not working for me. Or fear, you know, not knowing the answers to your children's maths problems. Or fear of not having a job tomorrow. Or fear of just not being enough for this moment. You know, and it's really about us saying, uh, being kind, be kind to yourself. There you are learning new skills and new ways of working. And a lot of us have already done it. And for that, I think, you know, we deserve a massive pat on the back. That's a huge achievement. Right. Um, so so getting rid and also there's fear in the air. Will we survive? Will the human race be the same after COVID? Will our ways of working leave me feel better off or worse off? You know, all these fears. And it's just really about saying, OK, what are my fears? I highly recommend doing this. What are my what are my fears? Writing them down. My fears are my biggest fears are my biggest fears are in this moment. OK, great. Now that you have your fears written down and you know what they are, what are the solutions? Because the thing about fear is it's usually things that you think in your mind and you know that it's unrealistic and you know it's not true. But it's about taking that fear and saying, okay, now that I've written the fears and I acknowledge them, what are the solutions? What are small things that I can do to counter each one? So for example, fear that I might not be um, in a good enough parent because I don't know all the answers to my, maths, to, to my children's maths equations. Embracing it. They have school teachers for a reason. <laughs> And school teachers are saints. They are saints, 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 saints. I cannot say it enough. But you're not a school teacher, um, right? So if you don't know the answer, good. That's why you send your child to school. Um, fear, fear that you know you're, you're not going to be, um, you're going to be worse off after the pandemic. 
great, what can you do about it today? Because there are certainly actions you can take. Read more, you know, study more about the ways of working, study about the future of work, begin to take steps in that direction, for example. Okay, so now that you, you know, you've, you've noted down your fears and you've noted down some pot potential solutions, you can then begin to move forward with that. Let's talk about the, the other emotion that creeps in and, you know, takes over all of us. <laughs> Guilt, right? You feel guilty. I, I, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And the thing with guilt is... It's just one of those emotions that, you know, you're accepting. You're accepting that you're negative and you're not good enough. And it, it's a passive emotion, right? But when you make it active, you're like, okay, turn that around. Yes, I'm not doing that. But what I am doing is X, Y, and Z. And if you're not doing anything, start doing something. Because then you won't feel the guilt. Yes, I might not be able to answer my child's maths questions. But I do give them a big hug and a big kiss regularly. So that they are mentally um, okay. I check in with them. There are other things that I'm good at. So it's about getting rid of the guilt and saying, yes, I'm not going to cook. But no, it does not define who I am as a person. Um, so it's just being able to counter those negative emotions. Let's talk about another one. Emotion number three, paranoia. What if I'm missing something? What if there are the, the, the conspiracy theories are true and I haven't been paying attention? What if um, my boss doesn't like me? What if I get fired? What would I do now? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if it doesn't? You know, Tony Robbins says where energy goes, wait, 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 wait. Where, where emotions, oh my gosh. <laughs> Tony Robbins says where, where emotions go, energy flows. Something like that. Ah, the saying will come to me at some point. Um, but there we go. And so it's about putting your emotions in the right place and your energy will follow suit. So instead of thinking about things like, what if this negative thing happens? What if this big positive thing happens? And it transforms your thinking. And, you know, and this positive thing propels you into the next level of success. What if this is the moment you've been waiting for? The moment that you can get ahead? What if this is the moment where you can get really excited about learning something and diving deep into something because you have a little bit of downtime? What if this is the greatest gift you have ever been given and all you have to do is open it and explore? Isn't that a more empowering feeling? I think I actually got really excited just doing that. Um, so it's just about you know pivoting our thinking and making it more positive. The final one is two things. Physical exhaustion, which can sometimes come from uh, insomnia. Um, get help. Uh, I started meditating when I got uh, started having insomnia and I tend to get insomnia during periods uh, of time and talk about it, get help. It is hell. Um, but yeah, meditation, um, sometimes exercise helps. Um, but just talk about it and find a help for it. You know, shift your sleeping patterns so that, you know, you sleep a little bit earlier or you sleep a touch later. Whatever it is, but talk about it and get help for insomnia. It can happen during times like this, especially I find in, in the colder months. Um, get help, talk about it. It's perfectly normal. I've had it and I have it whenever I'm a little bit stressed out. Um, it's okay. Um, 
talk about it and it will be fine. Get help for it. Um, there are also drops that you can get that might help you to sleep um, and a number of other, you know, medical medical uh, solutions that you can find. I find the herbal ones to be easier on my body and I prefer those, but it's completely your call. But do talk about it and get help. Um, for a long time, I just didn't talk about it. Um, the only people that knew I had it were the people that lived with me. And now I'm like, actually, it's so common. I remember talking about it with a group of women of my students and everybody was like, yeah, me too, me too, I'm not sleeping. So talk about it and get help for it. Either by doing something that's non-medicinal activity or by getting a medicinal solution. Okay, and then the final thing is emotional exhaustion. (sighs) Just feeling like I don't know if I can anymore. Right, just feeling like what else is going to come my way? Just feeling like when will this be over? I can, I just need some semblance of normality. I've been there and to a degree I am there. And I just want you to know that it will all be okay. But it will be what we make of it. If we make this our greatest gift and say, you know, I'm learning something, I'm exploring who I am, I'm learning my own limits and learning how to create new skills that allow me to stretch even further. Or we can just be overwhelmed by it. Overwhelm does not um, create the life that we want. And I don't want to diminish the emotional challenges that we experience. Um, However, I do think there are little things that we can do by focusing our, our minds on the right things. And the saying by Tony, uh, Tony Robbins is, where focus goes, energy flows. Yes! <laughs> I got it. I got it in the end. Where focus goes, energy flows. And so let's just focus our energy. So let's focus our minds on things that serve us, things that build us up, things that are amazing. You know, I sometimes people used to ask me, you know, how do you, how are you today? And and I'd be, I'm great. Why? Because my head is above my feet. I'm standing. Oh, I can stand. And I went to the toilet all by myself. You know, I didn't need any support. I didn't need any help. You know, I'm making it through this day without any help. Incredible. I am so grateful for that. Another thing that one of my mentors said to me is, Michelle, the problem with most people, including you, Michelle, he was talking to me, is that they think that they shouldn't have problems. And I was like, ah, yeah, I do kind of think I shouldn't have problems. (laughs) So, you know, stop thinking you shouldn't have problems because if you didn't have problems, you wouldn't grow. And the only people that don't have problems are in the cemetery. That's Norman Vincent Peale, I believe. But it's also worth thinking about the things that you can be grateful for. You do nothing to help your heart beat. It just beats all by itself. It's a miracle. A miracle. And for that, we should all be truly grateful. So as you go out this week and next and you know into the future to create boundaries that serve you, I hope that you do it with, with joy and you are committed to, to really creating those boundaries in an environment where there are none. Um, because it will make your life easier. And until next week, bye.